Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas and M, and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the occasional weekly sports discussion about the biggest stories from the world of sports. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff, and joining me tonight is Jacob Terrell. Earl Nieto cannot be with us at this time. Uh, They're having some power issues out in his neck of the woods due to some weather. Hopefully that gets fixed and Earl can join us here for uh, the latter part of the show. A um, lot going on this week, a lot of news, a lot of things to talk about. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I just, I, I, I kind of just want to skip the burning question for tonight. Um, but I, I, in case you want to answer it, in case you want to answer it, my burning question for you, for you guys this week, how big of a deal is the U S winning two cups over Mexico? Oh man, that's, <laughs> I think that's, do you want to talk about other stuff? Cause I could talk about that for, <laughs> for a little while. Uh, my short answer is big. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, I think, I think it just shows that, I mean, we, we did it with basically two separate teams. Um, some would say the A team was, was the nation's league with, um, Christian and and uh, McKinney and a bunch of guys from over there in Europe, but uh, I I don't know if there's an A team B team really difference at the moment. Um, but bottom line, we we beat for the most part their their best guys at least in one of those two competitions with different guys and um, and I feel like. Maybe not a changing of the guard yet, but getting close to that. I guess my my response to my own question is, how the heck is Miles Robinson not getting attention from outside the U.S.? Um, let me ask you this, Seth. Okay. As the Atlanta United supporter of the group, why don't I know his name why didn't I know his name until this Gold Cup? What has he? Why hasn't he? Why isn't he a an everyday or an every household type of name? Uh, basically, what I'm saying is, has he done anything in the MLS, or is this like his coming out party? No, he he has been Atlanta United's best defender for the last you know season and a half. He absolutely has been. How he is not a not a household name, I don't know. Like I have been extremely high on, on miles since Atlanta drafted him. And, you know, he had some shaky moments his first season, but he's developed tremendously under Tata and then under DeBoer. And he is just absolutely shining right now. He, uh, he had a fantastic showing in the gold cup and I've seen a lot of people, you know, on Twitter saying, well, maybe, maybe he's in the discussion or should he be in the discussion for, you know, starting center back for the world cup? I'm like, how is he not, and the, how, number one, how is he not al- how was he not already in that discussion? And I don't think there is a discussion. I think he has to be in there. I mean, he's young, he's good, he is you know, he's he's been tremendous. You know, he's got great and a great footballing intelligence, and then just his positioning and his level of play against one of the biggest clubs in the quite possibly the biggest club, biggest nation, national team in the Western Hemisphere, like. He was outstanding against Mexico. He was. He was great. Um, 
I, I think he's definitely going to be in the discussion. I don't know. Like, I, I, the The whole point of beating him, like, had you just asked me if beating him in the Gold Cup was a big deal, I would say it's it a decent sized deal, but nothing too crazy. But but the fact that we beat them with two separate teams just shows the depth that the United States has, and it's it's kind of like we were talking about at the beginning of the United season, where it was tough for Lassane to. It was a tough position to, for Lesane to be in to have to pick a starting lineup every week. Uh, that has since changed, and we feel like we have found our our guys. But you know, it took a few weeks, a month or so, or two months, and and it and we finally feel like okay, these are probably our best eleven, and then there's a little bit of a downgrade. And and um, I don't think at the moment Burhalter knows who his best eleven are if everybody is healthy and available and ready to go. I don't know who his best 11 are, and I don't think he does. So I'm not saying Miles shouldn't be there. Um, he definitely should be in the discussion. I don't I don't know well enough to know if he should be the actual one of the actual starting center backs. All right, fair enough, fair enough. You know, I'll take it. Um, you know, and Earl in the chat, only looks good in MLS because he plays for five skid marks. Um, if he didn't look good in MLS at any level, Burhalter wouldn't have picked him. It doesn't matter who he plays for. I mean, hell, we're still playing. We're still starting and playing Jossi Zardes for ninety plus minutes. So, I mean, if you're good enough, you're gonna play for the, for for Burhalter. You know, I, I, th- I guess another question to so ask I, real quick I, is: I don't. I, th- I feel like that was Jesse Zardes sl- slander, and I'm not here for that. Um, <laughs> he has played well for uh Columbus for the past two years and he is by far our best option as a number nine uh for the men's national team at the moment. So um I feel like that was slander and I just wanna wanna put my foot down and stop that. Uh he's just he, he's one of those wonders that he keeps coming up with momentous goals or he just he knows where to be and when to be there. And it's something that United doesn't seem to have is just a striker that that knows where to go and when to go there and has the a physical ability to get there in in the right time and and he just goals just find him and like when they come off his face <laughs> well yeah um, <laughs> but he just I, I I was thoroughly impressed with him I. I, the Martinique game, I, I'm relatively sure I put out there that uh, Dale DK was the new Captain America, uh, and then he promptly sucked the rest of the tournament. Uh, so I think Dale DK might be the future, um, but he's just not there yet. And until he gets there, uh, I mean, Altador seems to not be part of the plans for whatever reason. And so... You know, you got Jeff Sargent over overseas, and he he's an option, but he also hasn't really performed for the men's national team all that well so far. So I think Zardis just by far and away is is the option up there. And and I tell you what, man, that that match against Mexico, um, everybody impressed me. It, it wasn't just Miles Robinson. It wasn't. Wasn't just Jesse Zardes. Jesse Zardes. It was uh, Kaylin Acosta, 
who who put in an absolutely magnificent shift in the midfield. Um, I got I got jealous watching it because it was what New Mexico United needs in the midfield is anybody that can do like half of what he did, uh, putting out fires and and passing the ball forward instead of backwards. Um, so, and I, I mean, you could just go down the line. Matt Turner stood on his head uh, match after match in that tournament. And um, yeah, man, it was just, it was a great tournament. Uh, there was, it, it didn't always look pretty, but we, I think we learned a lot about who's going to perform for us in this World Cup qualifiers coming up in September. And, and um, slowly but surely, I was getting excited for the men's national team, even through some struggles last year. Uh, just, I've, I felt like the talent was coming and eventually it would gel. And, and I think we're seeing it. Uh, kind of come to fruition and and just in time for World Cup qualifying and and hopefully I mean I'm not going to say we're going to win the 2022 World Cup but uh, I think we'll at least be there this time uh, which which definitely is an improvement over 2018 and uh, who knows maybe we get to the knockout stages and and can you know from the knockout stages once you get to the knockout stages anything can happen uh, single game single elimination penalty kicks uh, you never know so. Who knows? I'm 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 finally excited about it and looking forward to it. But uh, I feel like we spent way too much time on that already with everything else we need to get to. So uh, <laughs> we'll probably need to couch that for now. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I I did I did have some other questions that I, I felt like we could dive into, but we can always do that. Uh, Go ahead, another Go ahead. Time. if you want to. It's fresh in our mind. Um, I was gonna say, where uh, where do you think Matt Turner ends up now? Do you think he's the clear number one going forward, or do you think Zach Stefan is still the number one? Well, I was listening to the to the extra time MLS extra time podcast uh, right after the match ended. Well, they recorded it right after the match, and I was listening to it on Monday. And um, one of them seemed to think that you know you go with the hot hand, and so I I, I think if you're asking me for World Cup qualifying coming up, uh, I think it's got to be Matt Turner. Um, He's, he. I mean, he he allowed one goal, and it was a penalty. And what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Six, six games. Seven, six or seven matches. Um, and and against some some quality quality opposition, and made some fantastic saves. So it wasn't just that the defense, or it wasn't just that we held like all the possession and didn't give up anything. Uh, we we gave up a lot of a lot of shots at least, and he. He performed very well, and then uh, Stefan's been battling some injuries the last year or so. Uh, he's not playing every match over there for Man City. Um, he plays for Man City, so I don't like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. He he he's probably the most talented. He is probably who Burhalter would like to see. Uh, Stefan's a little bit better with his feet than Matt Turner. We saw Matt Turner look a little shaky at times in the Mexico's match, um, especially I think it was like the second or third minute. Uh, he he was a little, little loose with the ball and, and had a little scare there, and, and Stefan seems to be better with his feet and playing out of the back, which we've... I, th- I think that's Burhalter's ultimate goal is to to do that. But um, if, if Zach's not playing or dealing with injuries or Man City doesn't want to let him go for whatever reason for for that kind of stuff you know it, 
who knows? You know, we we got this new van to, or new variant of COVID going on. Might lock people in places. How do I subscribe to that? Is it a monthly fee like Disney Plus and everything else, or is it, you know, when do I? How can I cancel it if I if I do subscribe? I'm missing the joke here. I'm missing it. Delta completely. Plus. Ah, Delta Plus. Oh, <laughs> there's a plus now. Yeah, there's a oh, Delta God. Plus now. Oh, you didn't even you didn't know about that one? Okay. I was just talking about Delta still. About. No, I was just talking about Delta <laughs> yeah, still. No, there's a there's a Delta Plus now. Uh, for those of you just listening to the podcast, my eyes just rolled very far to the back of my head because uh, I you can't get at least a little more creative with the variant names. I mean, come on. But anyways, um, so yeah, who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, so I I think for World Cup qualifying coming up. I think Matt Turner is the guy, uh, for sure. Unless, unless Zach moves to a club where he's starting every match and looking really, really, really good. Um, which you know, if 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 the national team is something that he really wants to pursue, and they're not going to go with him right now because he's not playing every match for Man City, then maybe he is going to look for a loan somewhere. And try to push his agent to push Man City to get him somewhere where he can actually play, uh, match in and match out, and and show that he can perform. And then maybe Burhalter says, "Okay, this guy's this guy's up to it as well," and and makes that move. But if if you ask me today, right now, who's going to be the starting keeper for World Cup qualifying coming up in September? It's Matt Turner. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Earl, if you are in the chat, I do have a question for you, and I want you to think about this before the next episode. Actually, actually, it's kind of a two-part question. One, your question, Earl, and we're not going to talk about this tonight. Um, what's the bigger shock to you? The men's national team beating Mexico or the women's national team failing to secure a spot in the in the gold medal match? And what the hell happened to the women's national team? Think about that, Earl. We'll talk to you about that on the on the next episode. So, um, I, again, not gonna get into that tonight. Uh, that's uh, some loaded questions there, and uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a whole lot to break down as far as what happened. Um, and uh, anyway, we, we we do want to get to our show tonight. The things they did want to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, we're gonna get to New Mexico United against Tacoma. They're playing to a nil nil draw over the weekend up in Tacoma. First time we faced them since 2019. You know, we went into this. We didn't really know know too much about Tacoma this year. I went and did some more research after the show. I was really looking at things. They've been playing pretty darn well at home, and they are still unbeaten at home. Uh, they are, four, I believe it's 4-0-2 now at Cheney Stadium this year. And I think maybe we kind of overlooked them a little bit, uh, Over, you know, expected a little bit less from, uh, from an MLS 2 side. But... It, it was hard. It was hard to watch that match at times. Like it was great to see Amando back. It was great to see uh, David Najem back, but we just didn't have it. We just didn't have it at all on Saturday. Yeah, I. I or wouldn't Sunday, say not, not Saturday. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't feel like we overlooked them. Like, I think if you watch that match, we were the better club. Maybe not as much as like the Austin Bold match where they parked the bus. And we were just so clearly the better club. Um, but I do feel like we were the better club. It's just, you know, Amando, it was great having him back. He had a he had a one-on-one opportunity against the keeper and couldn't finish it. Uh, he had another one-on-one opportunity against the keeper and got fouled. 
but I'll, I'll, I'll couch that for now. Um, and then I, I just feel like quality in the final third killed us again. It's, I mean, it's, we're what, 16 matches, 15 matches into this season, and I've been saying it all season that the quality in the final third has just killed us. That is now three matches in a row where we have not scored. Um, and, and it's just, it's super frustrating, especially these last two nil-nil draws where it was like, we were clearly the better team in both and, and just couldn't finish. Like, you just, you got to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. And yes, I know there was a penalty that was not called and it was probably the clearest penalty that had been missed that I've ever seen in the USL. Uh, and so that, while frustrating, I'm not going to let that. I'm not going to let the offense off the hook just because they're one missed call. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone should let them off. You know, we had opportunities. Morano had a tremendous opportunity, um, pretty early on, and you know it was saved by uh, by I, I think his name Thomas. Uh, by Thomas, the keeper for for Portland, who did for Tacoma, not Portland. Uh, he did a really good job getting a hand to it. Great save by him. And you know, you, you mentioned that that second opportunity that Armando had. And yeah, I think we will all agree that that was a penalty. I don't see any way that you can say otherwise. Um, and I feel like while we did appear to be the better club, you know, at least from the eye test. I felt like there were times where we had issues like Amando came back. He was in there. He had a ton of energy, which was fantastic to see. I think the club needed that. But at the same time, he wasn't necessarily taking care of the ball for, for much of the match. And so we saw a number of different times where he got dispossessed or, you know, we saw heavy touches from guys and, you know, things like that. Just these little, these little mistakes that would just kill attacking opportunities. And we just, we didn't take advantage you know, we, we made too many mistakes. Yeah. Um, you basically said everything there is just, it's, it's a frustrating situation when we are now six, six and four on the road or on the year. And you look at a handful of those matches and think, How? How did? How are we not doing better than that? And and you know we've got two weeks off here. We don't play again until August fourteenth, back at the lab against El Paso. And in that time, I think El Paso has two matches. Um, RGV has a match, and pretty much everyone else within the division has at least two matches between now. And yeah. Now. So, so there's a chance we could be in sixth place by the time we play again. So yeah, I mean there in. I'll be happy when we start to play again because it will know more where we stand as far as, um, you know, not having these game and not having these other clubs with, with matches in hand and, and everybody will kind of be back to an even playing field. Um, and we'll, we'll know what we need to do, uh, for the second half of the season. Sorry, we're, we're through 16 matches now. Um, and I've been saying it all season about the quality in the final third. So um, it, it's kind of a minor miracle. We'll, we're still in third place, but you know, Colorado Springs has two matches 
coming up. Uh, they could easily jump us. San Antonio has a match on us. Austin has two matches on us. You know, like you said, we could easily be in sixth place in this division or in this yeah division uh, by the time we play El Paso on the 14th. So I I said it last week going into the Tacoma match. I said it after the Tacoma match to you guys. You know that that was three points that we desperately needed and we did not get. And because of that, you know, we're you look at it now. Yeah, we're in third place, but we're we're going to be fighting uh, this second half. And and I, after sixteen matches, I'm not sold on us being able to turn around in the second half and pull away from anybody. I feel like it's going to be a dogfight till the very end, and it's going to come down to some clutch wins at the end of the season. And I mean, at the moment, you look at. We really needed to win against El Paso. Didn't happen. We really needed to win against Tacoma. Didn't happen. So I'm not necessarily thrilled with with where we're sitting. I I get that, and I I feel like neither, none of us are at the at the panic button phase where you were a few weeks ago. I mean, I do have my concerns defensively. I think we were we're playing better than we did in that you know two three match stretch there a couple weeks ago. My concern is the, is the attacking third, you know, the final third, like we're, we are creating chances, but we're not finishing. You know, I think I said it last week. I think we're look, the guys are looking for those, those perfect opportunities. They're not taking what's presented to them. They're trying to get those perfect opportunities more often than not. And that's, that stoppage of momentum, that stoppage, you know, that stopping what they're doing to try to find that opportunity instead of occasionally being a little bit greedy, you know, to, to take that shot, you know, maybe from, you know, 17 yards, 18 yards, whatever, or even closer in, like you've got to take, you, you have to take those opportunities when they're there. You're never going to get that perfect opportunity, you know, unless of course you are, you know, one-on-one with keeper and that he comes away off his line. You've got an open goal. I mean, that's not going to happen. But See, I, feel like, I feel like I feel like the opportunities aren't even there. Maybe from distance, but and, and I don't mind them taking shots from outside the eighteen yard box every once in a while. Uh, if there's a clear opportunity there, if they think they can get the ball on goal on frame, then go for it. But I, I feel like we've seen them take shots from either you know right at the edge of the 18, either outside the 18, a little bit inside the 18, and they just haven't even hit the target. Or they just haven't even been able to get a shot off for whatever reason, whether it's uh, the just a one bad touch in the box or something like that. And and so to me, it's not even about taking chances that are there. It's, it's creating chances and being secure with the ball. Like we've talked a lot about the – the bad turnovers in the midfield that have led to other goals, but there's been some really, really, really bad turnovers in our final third that have led to us not even getting a chance to take a shot on goal. And, and it's just really, really frustrating to watch when, especially when we came into this off season, we came out of this off season coming into the, to the, to the regular season going, man, look at all this attacking talent that we added. You've got, Milano, you've got Brown, you've got Illich, you've got Devin, you've got Harry Swartz, you got Brucey, you got Suggs, you got Martinez, you got Tanari. Like it was just player after player that we kept talking about, and 
and it just hasn't hasn't shown up at all. We are we're we're currently sitting nineteenth in the USL uh, with nineteen goals. Um, that is behind everybody in our our division except for Austin and Real Monarchs. Um, we've taken the 13th most shots, but I have a feeling half of those didn't come close to hitting the frame. Um, it's just, it's annoying. I mean, you got to look at the clean sheet side and yeah, we're, we're second or tied for tied for fifth is what the website says and in clean sheets um, with five, which is fantastic. Uh, but we've given up 18 goals and we've scored 19. That's it's you just look at everything and it's like we should be better and it's it's insanely frustrating. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. It's and it's hard to quantify exactly you know what the issue is. I mean, you know, we talked to Troy a couple of weeks ago during the during the post match and you know him and Dev both kind of said you know they felt like you know the they were generating more chances through the middle that they were beginning to flow a little bit more and that, you know, Dev felt like the guys were you know delivering the ball where he wanted it and how he wanted it, but we're still not seeing the end result, which is more goals. I don't know what has to be done. I think we need, you know, maybe someone to step into that cam role and really, you know, open up that middle of the pitch, draw some attention away from the box, maybe, to, to open up space for Dev and Ilya and the guys that, you know, that are playing up top. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, you know, maybe playing off the wing isn't the answer all the time. Now we have some guys who can put in some fantastic crosses, you know, but I don't know. We, we got to find a way to open up that middle a little bit more. To just to kind of step off the ledge just a little bit, step back from the ledge a little bit and, and take a deep breath. We were, we were without hair. We're still without Harry. Um, and then we were without Brown for a little while. Moreno was out for quite a while. Um, maybe with, with a full arsenal back, you know, this was the first match that Mondo's back for. Uh, it's only the, the second one that Brown's been back for since he came back from injury. Um, Maybe Harry comes back soon, and we get uh, him and Brucey doing their thing on the outside again, kind of going back and forth. Uh, I do feel like Brucey's been a huge bright spot um, so far this year. He's he's just looked fantastic, in my opinion. But maybe with everybody back and everybody healthy, uh, and this two weeks off that we have, uh, I'm hoping Harry's back by the time we come back on on the 14th. You know, maybe then things can start to turn around. We can start to get in a groove again and, and find some goals, but we'll see. I, I, it's a, it's something that we've struggled with really the last two years. There was a, a post on Reddit that had the last three years um, through 15 matches, and our, our goals for was way higher in 2019 than the last two years. So, and I think that kind of goes for towards uh, Kevon and Santi um, not being here and, and us having a hard time replacing what they were able to do. And so hopefully somebody steps up and can do that 
the second half of the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, second half of the season, of course, starts with a bang next Saturday night at the lab. 7.30 p.m. we do take on El Paso. Uh, USL Championship website has that one has that of that as one of their ten matches to watch or to circle in August. Uh, they have that and the Phoenix match for us as matches that you need to keep an eye on. So we will of course be out at the lab on the twenty on the fourteenth, uh, covering that match live for you guys. And so um, we'll give you guys a little bit of a pre- hope, maybe a little bit of a preview next week. We might take next week off, but uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. But uh, anyway. On to the meat and potatoes of this week's show. Uh, you know, we mentioned it last week. Mayor Tim Keller and Peter Trevisani announced ahead of the previous El Paso match that New Mexico United and the and the mayor were going to be putting forth a bond proposal in front of the city council uh, last night to uh, for them to review for and vote to decide if it was going to be added to the ballot in November. Uh, that vote will the vote on whether or not to add it will come later this month, but the bond was, was, uh, was sent before the city council last night. And, you know, the, the city is looking for, uh, somewhere, I believe it was $50 million in bond money, uh, for a proposed, and according to an article I read that will include purchase of land, and uh, let's see, uh, go towards acquiring property for a public stadium for multiple uses, including but not limited to professional soccer events. The money would also go toward designing, developing, erecting, constructing, and otherwise improving the stadium. Now, I know that there are a lot of folks that are not ha- that are not happy about this. You also have a lot of folks that are extremely happy about this. Um, I think I can speak for uh, myself, Jacob, and Earl when I say that we are all absolutely excited about this. Uh, Jacob and Earl, unfortunately, don't live inside the city. They won't have they won't have a vote on this um, when it comes time to November. It should it be on the ballot? Um, I do live in the city, so I will get to vote. And uh, you know, this is an important discussion that we need to have. You know, there are some pretty insane takes out there if you go looking around enough on social media. Earl mentioned it last week. There is one particular Facebook group that is basically called the Club Misogynists. Uh, until they get a women's club in there and has basically been just been denouncing the the stadium and the bond proposal and there have been some other individuals and groups doing the same and honestly i think it's kind of strange that most of the articles that i've seen that have come out about it have been largely negative uh showing negative reaction from folks um i mean so let's just let's start right there i mean Jacob, what is your reaction to the the negative response that has been received so far uh, to the announcement of the stadium? Well, I'm going to ignore the page that that you mentioned uh, and and Earl got into it with because I, I just feel like like their argument is a, is a bucket full of holes um, that can't hold water. So. Uh, as far as other arguments that I've seen, uh, it basically boils down to people saying, let the owners pay for it themselves, uh, which is something that we've heard my whole life, basically, when it comes to sports stadiums uh, for for MLS, NLB, NFL, you name it, basically. And, and I've heard at least one argument for let the owners pay for it, which... You no, know, sometimes uh, in certain situations, I think is the right call. But in this one, um, 
it is, it's pretty simple to me. It is not for an MLS club. It's not for a, it's not an owner of an MLS club. It's not an owner of, you know, it's not David Beckham. It's not Jerry Jones. It's not uh, Al Davis. You know, it's, it's um, Peter Trevisani and co. And while they have money, yes, uh, they, they're not, as wealthy as as some of those other people that can can go ahead and do that for their own own team. So if if we want nice things in Albuquerque and New Mexico, then we have to be willing to pay for it in some way, shape, or form. And and really, you know, it's a fifty million dollar bond that is is a loan that will be paid back by New Mexico United. Um, much very very similarly to the Isotopes Stadium, and, and what they did, and they paid theirs back even faster than they were supposed to, which I would imagine is going to be the case for United as well, with the outpouring of support that they've had all year, or for three years now. Um, it's will it affect taxpayers in some way, shape, or form? Yes, it, it's going to. Uh, how much? Not very. And is it worth it? Yes. It's. I, I understand the people that don't watch the soccer matches, that don't care about what has gone on on the pitch for New Mexico United. New Mexico United has done so much in the community, and they have plans for so much more that even if you don't, do it even if you don't vote yes because of the actual soccer that is going to be played on it say yes because you want to keep something that has worked so hard for the people of albuquerque and new mexico to stay in business because what a lot of people that are out there arguing against it don't know is that if we don't get it we don't have a team you saw fresno you saw reno um, both clubs that had a decent support um, and and were, were good on the pitch, um, Reno a little bit more so than Fresno, uh, and they both went under because they couldn't get this support for a stadium or a plan for a stadium. So it, it needs to be announced and people need to realize and, and we as supporters of this club and what this club is doing – uh, need to one have these conversations and be respectful and and level headed and not rude or off putting, and you need to tell them the facts of, hey, I understand your your apprehension towards it, but look at this: if we don't have one, United doesn't exist. If United doesn't exist, the Somos Unidos Foundation doesn't exist. The Albuquerque or the United Academy doesn't exist for younger players. The these camps that are going on right now throughout the summer don't happen. The just all of the support for the community is gone as well, and and this thing that has brought in so many New Mexicans together, um, New Mexicans that don't always see eye to eye. I mean, there are a lot of things that a lot of the fans believe and. And agree on that I don't agree on, and that I'm I'm kind of outside 
I'm kind of on the other side of the, the spectrum as far as a lot of things that that a lot of supporters believe in, but I I, I love all, every single one of them because of New Mexico United. And without that, without New Mexico United, uh, that community and that unity for all of the fans is gone. Uh, you know, maybe it'll stick around for a few years after United goes. Uh, maybe we can rally around something else, but United has the power to stay a big deal in this community for a long time if if the community lets it. And and step one in the community letting it be a part of it is having this bill pass or this bond pass on in November. Yeah, a lot of great points there. And Adam in chat says we don't have billionaire owners either. No, we absolutely don't have billionaire owners. Um, and you know, I've been doing a lot of research looking into this and you know, growing up where I did outside of Atlanta in my 36 years, uh, 37 years almost on, on, on this planet. Um, I've seen four different stadiums get built in downtown Atlanta. Uh, Turner field was not built in a fantastic part of town. Um, they, and the Atlanta Braves, uh, did nothing to help improve that area, which was really, really sad. Like I love going down Turner field, but that area was just such a bad part of Fulton County. Like it was terrible. I mean, they built it right across the street, basically in the old parking lot from Atlanta Fulton County stadium is what they did there. Uh, but they didn't do anything to, to help build up that area. You know, I've seen, I saw the Georgia dome go up. Uh, and, and come down, you know, I saw the bins go up, which cost, you know, $1.6 billion. Um, you know, Phillips arena, uh, got built in, in my time, uh, over there. And so looking at what United wants to do, looking at this proposal, looking at, um, you know, I, I went, I was looking at some of the more recent stadiums, uh, within the USL championship, you know, Lynn family stadium, one of the newer ones, uh, within the league for Louisville city FC that cost them like 61, I think, uh, according to the, the Wikipedia, 65 million. That was a, uh, publicly a part. That was a, uh, public and privately funded, uh, construction project there. The city put up some of it and, you know, private investment put up some of it. And now, yes, the city is here is looking for a $50 million bond, but you know, we've talked to Peter, we've sat down with Peter. I, I have a recording of Peter saying, Hey, yes, uh, there will be public financing. Yes, there will be private financing. And th this is a bond that you said the club, like you said, the club, the club will pay back. You know, the same thing happened with Isotopes Park. You know, I did some digging on Isotopes Park when uh, the Albuquerque sports stadium was originally built that cost a million dollars that the city paid for in bonds. Um, and then when they voted to either overhaul that or build a new stadium, Isotopes Park built, was voted on and, and they built that off of a $25 million bond that was paid back and paid back early. And that's exactly what's going to, what, what, what Peter wants to do here. You know, with these bonds, the club is the, is the primary tenant. The city is the owner. The club is going to pay back the money to the city. Now, we can't expect, I don't, I don't know what Peter's net worth is. He's never you know, publicly said it. I'm sure it's in the several millions of dollars range. I don't know. Again, I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, I would imagine that in order for him to be an owner or that, that this ownership group, they probably have a net worth of probably, you know, $500 million. So that's just a guess. I don't know. And so 
you know, while it would be great if these, if every single one of these sports arenas and stadiums could be completely privately financed, it's not feasible. It's just not. And, you know, I know that this is going to bother some people, you know, that live in that area. I know it's going to, you know, buildings may have to be raised. You know, some people may have to move depending on where these, uh, where these stadiums are going to go, where the stadium might, might go. But, the club and the city are going to help with that. Like they want to, you know, that's going to be part of it. The, these people aren't just going to be forced out onto the street. Like they're going they're, you know, the, the houses and the buildings will be bought and paid for, you know, they will receive compensation for it. I mean, I get it. If you've grown up in that area, if you have a house that you've lived in for 30 years, that's going to suck. But, you know, again, as again, the club and the city aren't putting people out on the street because of this. Now you mentioned Reno and Fresno, two clubs that couldn't get financing for stadiums, that couldn't get uh, that couldn't get areas and and stuff figured out there. Reno won the conference, and then folded within months because they couldn't get a stadium. I mean that's just it, it, that, and that's terrible. Like yes, it looks bad on the league, it looks bad on the club, but you know there's a reason that the, the, the league has these guidelines in place saying you, you need to have a soccer-specific stadium. We don't want to play on Isotopes Park for the next 10 years. You know, we don't want the club to live there. We don't want that to be their home field. As much as we love the lab, it's, just, it's not conducive to what the club wants to do. It's not conducive to what the league requires. And so changes have to be made. And there are things about these bonds that people just don't understand. People complain about their taxes going up. Your taxes will not go up because of these bonds. This is money that's already set aside in the gross revenue tax that we already pay. And it's a loan that gets paid back. Again, your taxes will not increase because of this. Now, if you live in the area, maybe your property taxes go up. Your property values probably might go up, but you know... in terms of the amount of taxes that you're, and that's going to affect just a very small amount of people. But in order to actually pay for this, your taxes will not go up. And I just, I think that's one like major misconception that people have about this. And then, uh, you know, I've seen people, uh, and here's another uh, complaint that I've seen a fair, a fair amount of, and there was, and it was once again posted in the New Mexico United Nation on Facebook is use UNM. Use the football stadium. I've seen people suggest a soccer complex. Now, you and I both know, and anyone listening to the show knows, those are, I'm sorry, but that's a terrible idea for any number of reasons. I, I, w- I wouldn't go far as saying it's a terrible idea. I think if you don't know what you're talking about, it makes perfect sense. But uh, unfortunately, when you know that United require USL requires your own soccer specific stadium. Uh, those options get thrown out the window. The the football field gets thrown out the window because of the turf. Um, and I, well, I think I think we could eventually do it, or we could do it if we needed to in a pinch. But that stadium also holds what fifty thousand. I. Th- think it's 35 but I'll, i can double check i think no that, that i think that sounds right um you know we're we're not quite to that level and you don't want a 
stadium that's a third of the way filled up, um, you, you just don't want that right now. So, so sure. And if you have no idea what the rules are for USL or uh, if you don't understand soccer much or or the atmosphere that we've created at the lab or something, yeah, it makes sense to use something that's already there. But that's what we're doing now, and we're trying to avoid that. And if they can't see that, then that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so it's uh, – let me ask you this, Seth. As somebody who lives in Albuquerque and and gets a vote on it, are you worried that it's not going to pass? Honestly, no. Honestly, no. Um, but I think there are enough naysayers to it that, and we're already seeing it, there's information that's being spread around that's not correct. And so that's one concern that I have is that people are going to continue to spread information that's not correct. And then like, you just see some of these conversations that pop up. I've seen it on, uh, on, on the Albuquerque subreddit. I've seen some conversations on even on the New Mexico United Nation, you know, where people are spouting off all this stuff. I'm going, you don't know what you're talking about. And that's where my concern is, is that people are going to keep passing along all this information that's not accurate. And so you know, that's why I said, you know, that, that's why I felt like we need to have this discussion and get things out there and, and uh, you know, make sure that people understand what exactly is going on here. You know, because people are, are and I, I want to go ahead and say one thing real quick. Uh, capacity of University Stadium is currently 39,000. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a number of different reasons why the club wouldn't want to be there. And I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that UNM doesn't want the club there. Um, you know, I posted the big thing on on the Albuquerque subreddit the other day, and I posted it again in the Mexican United Nation in response to someone. And, and you know, basically, I, I said, "Look, there are any number of reasons to not use turf f- for one." And I, I linked a a video to uh, Indy Eleven playing at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm like, okay, this is what it looks like to play on turf or in a football, in a football field. This is what it looks like. It's a visual eyesore one. Two players will tell you that there's a increased chance of injury on turf. And now some studies have shown that, um, that some, there are studies that show one way or the other that turf is more consistent with injuries or it's not based on, because of how, how few soccer matches actually played on turf. Um, but the thing with turf is that there's no give to turf. It's basically just laid down on top of concrete, basically. And there's no give to it. So it's harder on players. You know, if you've ever gone out and tried to run on even on like a track, like it's that vulcanized rubber, it's harder on your harder on your feet, harder on your joints. And, you know, there's no give to that turf. And so there are lots of there's lots of anecdotal evidence of of players tearing ACLs and having other injuries a lot easier on turf. Um, and in, in a climate like ours, could you imagine playing on artificial turf that's been sitting in the sun all day long, especially in the middle of a New Mexico summer? I mean, that turf would be a hundred, I don't know what, 130 degrees, 140 degrees. Like that'd be miserable as a player, you know, it's going to drastically increase, uh, risk of dehydration, uh, heat stroke and other issues. Um, you know, and so there's any number of reasons to not play on turf one. 
And then two, I've seen people suggest the Gundam Stalker Complex. You and I have been out to the Stalker Complex. You know, the last time we were out there was the intramural match before COVID shut everything down last year. That's the last time I was there. I think, I can't remember if you were there or not. I was not. The last time I was there was for the Cardiff City friendly. Um, UNM Soccer Complex. The thing with that is there would have to be so many upgrades to that facility. I mean, you would have to at least double the seating capacity there. You would have to put in lights because there's no lighting there there you'd have to add the infrastructure to do uh the television broadcast you'd have to improve the concessions improve the the bathrooms so there's multi-million dollar project right there anyway and we all know that unm is not great at managing their money especially when it comes to the athletics department so there's any number of reasons to stay away from the unm complexes i've seen people suggest uh nucinda community stadium out on the west side again it's a football stadium it i believe it has turf and i don't believe it has the infrastructure necessary to i mean i think i believe the seating seating capacity is only 7500 for one so it doesn't read the usl seating requirements for a championship level side it doesn't have the infrastructure for tv it doesn't have the concessions it doesn't have, you know so there there need to be upgrades made there as well Yeah, actual seats added as well. Absolutely. Another great comment there in chat. And so there's a lot that would have to be done at any of these alternate locations that people have suggested that are going to cost money to do no matter what. But with the stadium downtown, yes, there's going to, you know, there will always be issues whenever you build a stadium, you know, traffic and increased footboard, foot, foot traffic and things of that nature. And but what Peter and the club want to do, they want to invigorate the area, not just the stadium. They want to build around it. And I think that's a phenomenal thing. And I think Peter and the club have shown already in two and a half seasons that they're committed to the community here and helping to improve it. Yeah, I, I mean... The only the only option out there that will work is a stadium of our own that is built from the ground up. Um, at this point, I don't really care where they put it. Um, I understand the you know the top two sites that the study said uh, would require businesses and houses to be moved, uh, sold, and. Um, people to be displaced and stuff and that sucks um and if you are one of those people that have a business or a house there that that needs to be displaced i completely understand why you don't want to get rid of it and that's fine um this this bond i don't think is going to have a an actual location behind it i don't think it's voting yes for 50 million to be put towards a stadium built at this site, quote unquote. Um, so, you know, that can still be worked out even after November and we can figure that out and, and hopefully, you know, break ground. I, I, I think there's, there's plenty of options out there that the majority of people will be happy with. And, 
And, um, you know, I just, I don't want to lose this. I mean, as you can tell by the wall behind me, um, I, I have fully bought into the club and what they do both on and off the pitch. And, and, um, I mean, if you could see the amount of hours that I have dedicated to this club since I bought season tickets back in, in 2019 or early 2019, um, you know that that that's you know a pastor of mine always could say uh, always says um, you can you can you can learn a lot of per, learn a lot about a person just by where their where their time and their money are spent and um, I, I think that's very true and and uh, United has has had quite a bit of my time and quite a bit of my money uh, um, since their their inauguration into this league and and I don't want to lose that for a variety of reasons, both selfishly and community oriented. Um, so I just want to get it done. I don't care where it's at. Uh, like you said, no matter where they put it, there's, there's going to be traffic issues. There's going to be some land acquisition issues. That's going to piss people off. Um, but at the end of the day, it can be a beautiful thing not just for for the team, but for the community, if it's done as well as I think it will be done. And if there's any indication, if, if any indication of what this club will do with that stadium is, is what they've done already with this community, then um, I said that completely backwards. Let me try that again. Three, two, one. If what this club has done in the past and with the community and everything is any indication of what they will do with that stadium. It will be done right. And, and it will be beautiful and it will be, uh, something to be proud of. So, uh, just vote. Yes, guys, just get this bond. Let's get this stadium built somewhere. Um, and, and let things grow from there. And, and I think everybody will be happy with that. If, uh, if they're just a little open to it. Yeah, and we have audio from the last uh, post-match press conference um, that I can add to the end of this episode. Uh, during that press conference, we had the opportunity to talk to Peter um, about the the stadium announcement, and you know, got a little bit of different information from him uh, that really hasn't necessarily been out there. Some of it uh, has been out there to to some effect, but uh, we can put. Uh, hopefully, you guys. I mean, I could hear all of the questions, but hopefully. Um, at the very least, you guys will be able to hear all of Peter's answers uh, to everything. Uh, I already put some of the comments all over on the subreddit um, for for people to check out. But you know, and, and talking to Peter, listening to Peter talk about it, you know, he talks about um, activating the community, activating the area, um, and there's a lot of different things that he mentioned that could potentially go in around there: restaurants, shops, you know, uh, coffee shops, art art installations, all sorts of stuff that could happen in that area. You know, uh, you know, he, and he talked about, you know, you see families as of walking around at the zoo every single weekend. Why not have the stadium down there as an area where, where families can go and walk around, have a park, a, a playground. He goes, I have no idea what they would look like, but you know, they'd probably be pretty crazy, you know, get Meow Wolf involved with that, you know, um, you know, local artists, all sorts of stuff. You know, he said, why couldn't you just, you know, go grab a coffee and sit down in the stadium? 
you know, on a, on a Sunday morning or something, you know, uh, get people walking around downtown again, unlock that area, invigorate it, get it going. And, and there's so many things that they, that the club is like invested in, in this community. You know, I've seen people talk about, well, why aren't we bringing up kids, you know, from New Mexico? We have an academy, brand new academy. This is our third year in existence, guys. We have an academy. We're signing New Mexico kids. We're training new, new Mexico kids to become professional athletes. Like it's happening. We've had academy kids playing for the first team already. Well, one of them anyways, in Nava. I mean, see, that's, they're the kind of comments that I just, I don't even have time for. Like they just, they just don't know what they're talking about, period. And, and um, I have faith that people will at least do a little bit of due diligence if they really care. Um, to, to look into what New Mexico United has done just a little bit and realize that, uh, you know, we, we're getting there. That they're, like you said, it's year two and a half. You're, we're in halfway through year, year three. Um, and, and they're already working on a bunch of different things. So, um, as long as people do that and, and, uh, make a, a researched and knowledgeable choice, then then I don't have any fear that that it will happen. Uh, it, it will pass come November, and and we will get the ball rolling on it. Um, yeah, there's another great comment in chat there. New Cinder would make for a very narrow pitch, only 64 yards wide. Yes, that is extremely narrow. Um, it is it's still a legal size, but yeah, I know that that would. I mean, playing on a baseball pit, baseball field is hard enough as is. I mean, you know, dealing with the infield and all that kind of stuff, but. You ever watch teams like NYCFC play or, you know, even some of the other converted baseball stadiums within the USL championship? Like, it's just, it's not a good look. It's just not. And then playing on, playing on an extremely narrow pitch drastically changes, you know, how teams play. Um, but yeah, you know, looking at the stadium and what they want to do, like, there's just so much that Peter's talked about and things that they could do and things that could happen if we had this stadium, you know, two years ago when the Mexico United made their open cup run, we couldn't host a single open cup match because of isotopes park, because we had nowhere to do it. If we had a stadium, we could bring in, you know, if, you know, say open cup, an open cup run happens again, we could see potentially see clubs like FC Dallas, Minnesota United, or some of these other clubs come into New Mexico, come into Albuquerque and play. You know, you could see MLS sides. We could probably, you know, we probably have opportunity to see more friendlies like we did with Cardiff. See things like that, like, you know, bringing in um, English premier, English soccer, to Albuquerque, that's a huge deal, guys. Like, you know, having the opportunities to do these things. And then, you know, for, and again, Peter's talked about it. the stadium isn't just going to be lit up for 20 nights a year and then sit there quietly for the rest of the year. I mean, you could do stuff year round in this stadium. You could have state high school soccer championships. You could have concerts. You could have outdoor art exhibitions. You could do all kinds of stuff with the, with a new stadium that you could, that you can't do at Isotopes Park. You know, does anyone like watching, you know, high school championships being played out in Nusinda on a football field? I, for one, don't. You know, I want to see them. You know, ha could you imagine, you know, six, seven, eight, nine thousand people coming in and watching high school kids play it in a professional stadium? 
the experience for those kids playing in that stadium, like that'd be incredible, you know? And then to address the comment that I've seen made a couple of times about a women's, about a women's team, you know, we shouldn't do this until there's a women's team. Peter, Peter came out and said in the interview, the post-match that we had with him a couple weeks ago, the club is in talks with multiple leagues to field a women's team. I mean, we didn't, we just had a women's team here in Albuquerque, Albuquerque FC. Now, unfortunately, they're they're not playing, you know, anymore. But, you know, there are opportunities there that the club could do this, and they want to do this. I mean, the club has been very outspoken about diversity and building up women uh, in the world of soccer, whether it's front office or on the field. You know, we've seen Anna. Uh, Anna got signed to uh, to the uh, to the high performance program. I believe she was the first signing, right? I could be wrong. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the club wants to do these things and the stadium just helps them get there that much faster. Yeah. I've got nothing else, man. Um, just feel like I'm beating a dead horse every time I talk about it, just because it's, it's the same thing over and over again. And there's, there's nowhere else to play. There's nowhere else that works. You, you gotta build something for us to keep this team and for us to help this city. Um, you know, it's, I don't live there now. Uh, in fact, I've actually very rarely lived inside the city limits, but I have spent a lot of time in Albuquerque and, and, um, I've, I've spent time downtown, uh, in my wilder days. And, you know, I, I, I would love for it to be something. I, I, I don't remember if I mentioned it last, last week or the week before, or if I mentioned it at all, but we went to Missouri, uh, back in June at the beginning of June and we came back, drove back and we stopped in, in Oklahoma city for, for dinner and to stretch our legs and do some stuff. And they've got an awesome, awesome place, uh, around their stadiums. Um, uh, Chesapeake energy, I think is what it's called, uh, where the thunder play. And then they have a, a baseball stadium for a triple A team. Um, and around all of that is restaurants and shops and a splash pad and open space for the kids and, um, you know, a Bass Pro Shop and just all this awesome stuff that make makes for a great experience with, with the family and everything. And, you know, we, we walked around a little river that they have there and... Um, walk through Bass Pro Shop and walk to a restaurant and, you know, they have putt putt and they had just anything and everything. And, and, um, you know, something like that in a downtown area, maybe not on as, as big of a scale as Oklahoma city was, but, um, it, it would go a long way in, in turning around the perception of Albuquerque. Um, because like now you have players, you, you or you have fans from El Paso that come into town, and and yeah, it's it's a nice stadium, it's a good energy and stuff, but there's nowhere to go in the immediate area right after the game, uh, or right before. Uh, really, I mean, we we meet at Dion's every once in a while, um, but you know, Dion's, Denny's, and Buffalo Wild Wings are not places that people necessarily want to go and hang out after the match. Um, and so I just think that, that it, 
it's bound to happen. And if it doesn't, I will be extremely heartbroken uh, losing something that that I, I do definitely definitely love. So um, I just I just continue to pray that it passes and that it can be resolved and we can have a place to to break ground on soon and, and have a stadium eventually. You know, I, I say it every time we're at Isotopes Park, walking up the stupid steps in that sunroom of hell over there, um, walking up those steps and seeing all the Isotopes pictures and posters and everything and photographs and just going, you know, one day we'll be walking up steps, you know, passing pictures of, of Dev scoring that first goal in history and, and Santi and Kavan um, celebrating one of their goals and, and you know, Freighter's Open Cup goal against Colorado Springs and, and um, you know, we'll just pass all these memories on the way up. Uh, you know, a home match in Colorado Springs um, last year, you just, you just be able to relive all that as you walk up the stairs and, and, and um, I'm excited for that. And I, I do really truly believe that it's going to come. So, let me ask you this. If for some reason this bond doesn't pass, God forbid it doesn't pass. Do you see any other options for the club? Like Santa Fe, Las Lunas, something like that. Now, granted, both of those are extremely, are, you know, Santa Fe is obviously an hour North of the Metro area here. Las Lunas is about, you know, 35 minutes South of here. Um, do you see any other potential locations that the team could go? I mean, if the if the club's willing to, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say Las Lunas would welcome them with open arms. Um, Facebook Stadium. Yeah, I mean it. It's there's there's land galore out there uh, with nothing on it, uh, right for the right for the taking. So I think um, I, I think if it doesn't pass and they just have no way of doing something in Albuquerque. Uh, then yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, hell, I could maybe even see him going to his letter and and trying to get them to do it, and you know, moving the casino over there and moving the casino and everything all in one area for for them. But um, I think that I think that South is definitely the answer there. I don't think they'd go north. I don't think they'd go to Santa Fe. Um, Santa Fe in early March is a little cold. And then uh, something that we talked, we haven't, I think we briefly touched on it uh, an episode or two ago. You know, there's a, a slim, um, there's a chance, a slim chance, but a, a chance nonetheless that, you know, we start following the Premier League schedule instead of um, this, this summer schedule and, and going from, you know, August through the holidays and into to February. And, and, you know, I don't want to be playing in Santa Fe, uh, in, in December. Um, that doesn't sound like a fun time to me. So, um, so I, I think if, if they were going to go somewhere else, that's this would be, um, an obvious answer and probably somewhere where they would get, uh, what they're looking for. I don't, the only thing about Los Angeles is it's, it's not as nearly as big as Albuquerque and they probably don't have nearly as much money that they have already saved. So it would probably involve a tax increase or something like that to, to get it done. But, uh, I, I think Las Lunas would do it still. 
Well, you know, they're going to have that Facebook money coming in soon. So, you know, uh, that that's one possibility. But, you know, I agree with you. I don't see Santa Fe being an option. Uh, number one, it, again, the weather, if um, the weather in early March definitely is not uh, a draw up there. Um, although I, I, I think that's more from a, I don't want to drive up there at in that time of year uh, thing um, as compared to, you know, staying here in the city. But yeah, if we did go to the Premier League schedule to the European schedule, um, that would make it quite difficult uh, for people getting up there unless unless you're specifically unless you're local um, there. Uh, let's see, modular stadium with all if all it feels like Phoenix Rising. That's another possibility too. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's there's options out there. I mean, there are. Uh, it's just it would be unfortunate for it not to be in the city. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it would have to go south of here um maybe on the res i i don't know i don't know how the how the, how the nation I, would feel about that. i mean i don't think that that would be where they go but if you look at like arizona um a lot of the stadiums out there are on reservation land um uh, they have a, several um spring training facilities that are that are on some reservation land uh Hell, the the Sun Stadium was. I, it's not on reservation land, but it was sponsored by the reservation or a casino, anyways. So, I mean, there there there's other options down there. I think Los Lunas is probably a or one option number one down there, and then Isleta maybe maybe option two or option three, maybe who knows. Uh, the Mexico is not sure on open space and land. Um, Albuquerque is, uh, but but New Mexico itself is not. So, so I, I think that there is a way that they can do it. It's just how much do they think they would lose in in uh, ticket sales if it's in Los Angeles compared to Albuquerque? It, will it be as big of a draw? Will people make that drive? Uh, which I mean, I drove it every day for. Oh, three years um, for work, uh, it's it's really not that bad. Um, there's a rail runner. The rail runner goes to Los Angeles. Um, so maybe there's something they could work out there. I, I, there's options. There's options that I, I think would, would get the job done and, and be sufficient, if not the best ideal or the most ideal. Uh, yeah, Adam again in chat. Uh, Santa Ana already has a big soccer, soccer complex. Yeah, I mean, there is that big soccer complex up there. Um, again, it's just a matter of the trek for you know the metro folks. Um, I just don't think it, it would pan out. And I don't honestly, I haven't been there. I don't know what their infrastructure is like. I don't know, uh, what sort of upgrades would need to be I, done. I can tell you right now, Seth. Uh, the upgrades would be tremendous. There's, I mean, it's a bunch of, bunch of soccer fields, uh, so maybe something out there. But and I, I sit here and I scream, traffic is gonna suck no matter where you're at. Um, that is I true. Driving up there near, near I, that is true. But traffic through Bernalillo is like the eighth layer of hell, probably, um, and just just would not would not work whatsoever. And and I honestly think if you ask somebody that lived say Tramway or maybe like Montgomery and 
in Carlisle. There's some apartments there that I used to live in, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. I think if you ask them, hey, would you go to the Santa Ana Star Center for like in that area through that traffic for a soccer match? Or would you rather go down to Las Lunas? I, I think you'd be surprised at how many would say, I'd rather go to Las Lunas uh, for, for the traffic implications, just for ease of... Because, you know, if it was in Las Lunas, traffic in and out of the stadium might be rough, but once you get on I-25, it would be smooth sailing. The, yeah, the, it wouldn't be bottlenecked at all. And, and presumably, the stadium would probably be right off of I-25, so it would be fairly quick to get on and off the studio or on and off the freeway, and then you could just go about your your drive home. So, um, I I would Rio Rancho might be an option, but I would I would say Las Lunas is probably higher than Rio Rancho. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I, honestly, I would rather drive to Las Lunas than drive through Bernalillo. I like I said, I hate driving up near Santa Ana. It's just yeah, it's the worst. Oh. It's bad. I mean, between the traffic patterns and just the way people drive, it's just absolutely terrible. Um, Santa, like Santa Ana Star Center is not easy to get to. No, like, it's really not. Like you have to make like three turns, five turns, eight turns, depending on which way you go. And it's just it's just dumb. So with if you did it in Los Angeles, you would have all this land that you could basically design the best way to get people in and out of there as you could. So um Hopefully it doesn't come down to that. Hopefully people vote properly in November and pass this bond and we can get the ball rolling on something in downtown. And and that would be great. The last time I was up at Santa Ana, I went to see Kevin Smith and I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, it was just me going, you know, and like, it was just terrible. I, I've driven up there for work before and I, I, I hate driving up there. I wouldn't want to deal with that, especially if you added in a professional club you know yeah the last time i was up there i think it maybe it wasn't the last time but one of the last times i was up there i was in an accident um on i-25 there in berlino because once you get outside of albuquerque traffic just stops on the freeway at times right there getting off in berlino because it's just so bottlenecked in berlino and um had a guy coming up behind me going way way too fast he swerved and missed me at first, but then hit a car next to me, and then, then back, it bounced back into me and sideswiped me, took out a window and a mirror on my passenger side, and and yeah, it just sucks. And and yeah, Santa Ana Star Center is in a completely different location, Adam, than than the the soccer stuff. But the soccer stuff is still in Bernalillo on five fifty, and and it is a lot easier to get to, but. Uh, a lot easier than Santa Ana Star, but still not easy by any means with that stupid road. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, and last question before we do get out of here. I mean, like you said, you feel like we've, we've nailed all of our, all of our po- talking points. I think we wanted to hit. You've already mentioned seeing United history, you know, as that, that, as that being something you, you want to see as you walk into the stadium, no matter where the stadium gets built, what other sort of, you know, design or something there at the stadium would you want to see the first time you walk up? I don't care. Really don't. I mean, 
you know, we mentioned the modular stadium, if all else fails, um, as long as it said New Mexico United somewhere on the front, uh, at this point, I don't even care if I'd, I'd mind that, um, for now, obviously I eventually I'd want something more permanent, but, um, you know, just, I'm full disclosure, never been to Meow Wolf. I know, uh, I need to get over there, but, um, you know, it's, it's not, not my cup of tea necessarily. Uh, I, I still want to go, uh, to experience it, but it's, it's not like, I don't, I'm not craving to walk up to a stadium and then have, um, a giant art exhibit there. I think it'd be cool. I would enjoy it, but I'm not craving it. Um, all I want is some open areas outside the stadium for for kids to run around and play on and and hang out on, and um, you know maybe some some restaurants and, and bars pretty close to there, if not built in. I mean, Peter talked about what really caught my attention when Peter was talking was was he doesn't understand why the stadium would be closed uh, when it's not in use. And he said, obviously, close it at night. Um, but he said, random, random Wednesday in, in June, um, he doesn't understand why you couldn't just go walk around the stadium concourse like it's a mall. Um, and that, it, it's not necessarily an answer to what you just asked me, but it, it just, it triggered something in me that reminded me of when he said that. And, and that, um, one is a mind blowing concept uh, for somebody who has been a sports fan his whole life, and has um, always thought, "Oh, I'd love to go tour a stadium." The idea of of not having to tour a stadium and just being able to to walk in on a non match day and walk around and and you know go to the team shop and and go to a bar or get a uh, a beer or, or a burger or something like that and. And, uh, you know, be able to let the kids play on the concourse. And he said even the field would be available. I don't know about that. Um, but um, but just to have that and maybe have fields outside the stadium where we could go play and stuff and, and just have it be like this giant open family friend, you know, bro place to go hang out um, would, would just be fantastic to me. I, I don't need any one particular thing. Just I would love for it to be like that. All right. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I, I get that. And, uh, you know, I think, and I think maybe, you know, the, the bronze statue of dev out front might be, uh, might be a good thing to have, but not dev uh, though, not, not dev. dev, just, just as dreads, okay. just, just the, the dreads, just the dreads, just okay. the dreads. <laughs> there you go. Just um, in, in honor of his haircut just, and not a statue, just his dreads, like literally the hair that he just cut off, uh, just, just hanging out there or maybe a statue with the real dreads hanging off of it. Um, bronze, the dreads, no, just, just the dreads there. Okay. Just bronze him and then attach the actual hair that he cut off to the statue. Um, and just have it there for uh, years, years. <laughs> um, so I, you know, as we, before we close out, I do, ha- I was just scrolling through the, uh, the presentation that was put forward. That's put being put forth to the, uh, to the to the by the CA icon the the feasibility study, and I don't know if we know if we knew this or not, but uh, so we know Queensboro FC is coming. We know Monterey Bay is coming. Did you also know there's going to be a USL Des Moines 
Des Moines and a USL Rhode Island? I think so. I, I, I for sure I for sure know Des Moines. I I'm not sure I knew Rhode Island, but um but yeah. Um twenty twenty three, two more clubs. Yeah, I'm this is a it's a league that people want to be a part of right now. Um and and I think that with the right leadership in place of the, of the league, uh, it can do a lot of good things. And I think Jake Edwards, um, while he's not perfect, but uh, he's he's done a fantastic job when in growing this league and becoming a league that can actually be sustained, sustained and 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 grow and thrive and and be a solid second tier um, soccer league in America. Yeah, I mean, USL Championship's growing. It's been, you know, expanding its reach. I mean, they just announced a, a broadcast rights deal in Italy. So, you know, I, this this league is growing. It really is. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught it, but there was a tweet the other day that went out um, talking about, you know, the most watched MLS matches from the previous weekend. And uh, I believe the San Antonio New Mexico Wednesday night match drew i believe it was fifty-seven thousand people on a wednesday night on espn2 and it, it got mentioned in the tweet with other with uh, mls on espn so you know I, yeah, the league's growing um can't wait to see what happens here in the coming years and uh it would be a real shame to not get a stadium it really would it would it would i i, I think it it, it will happen in some way, shape, or form, uh, whether it's most ideal or not, um, that is that is uh, unknown yet. But uh, but I think it will happen eventually, and and hopefully wherever it happens, whenever it happens, uh, it'll continue to work out. And maybe maybe it's just a modular stadium in Los Angeles for the time being, or something like that, until they can get something worked out. It's just. I know something's going to get worked out. Otherwise, we, we will no longer be here, and that's that's a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Adam, uh, Adam's actually uh, one of the moderators over on the, the Mexico United subreddit. So, Adam, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Appreciate you being here. Uh, great, fantastic comments in the chat. And, um, you know, as always, you know, anyone that's here, we appreciate you popping in the chat and hanging out, giving us your comments and questions. We love, we love to talk soccer. We love to talk sports and uh, it's great having folks here with us, uh, to do that. And, uh, and of course, you know, Earl not here tonight will hopefully be this on the next episode, which, uh, we think is going to be in two weeks. We'll record after the El Paso match. Um, and I, uh, before the show, I did mention we are still looking for content creators. Uh, if you are interested in helping write for us, uh, we do do we do written con- written uh, content occasionally uh, when we find the time in our busy life. In theory, yeah, Jacob and I are dads and we have busy lives. And so, if you're interested in writing with us, uh, please email us, get in touch with us, tweet us, whatever. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. If you are a good, if you are a social media person, if you want to help us with our social media, we would love to have you there as well. Um, I can't guarantee you a spot on the podcast, but we would uh, find some way to work you into it if that's something you are interested in. You don't have to be on camera. And uh, of course, you know this is all unpaid. 
we do this out of love for this club, out of love for sport. And, uh, you know, we, we'd love, we would love to have some folks come on and help us out with this and, uh, you know, get involved. Uh, we can't guarantee you a press pass this year. Uh, we can try to get you in, uh, to matches. Uh, we do typically get two matches, two press passes to every match. Um, but that all being said, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, last note for me, tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m., I will be on the morning mix with uh, a friend of the show, Joshua Carrillo, uh, 7.30 to 8.30 a.m., uh, radio.tellabq.com. So be sure to check that out. Nice, nice. I know he had uh, Sombrero Man on this morning, mm-hmm. and um, apparently we got you coming up. Uh, tomorrow he had uh, Adri on. Last week or the week before? Um, it was week before, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's good good stuff going on over there, and and yeah, like Seth said, uh, I I do believe we will take a week off um, next week with no matches going on or anything like that. Uh, you know, it's halfway through the season. Uh, we've been doing this every week for who I don't know a few months now. Um, because I know we started before the season started going full-time, and before that we did every other week. So, um, you know, having a week off to to not have to worry about stressing uh, when we can do it and if somebody else can do it or if everybody can be there and this and the other. You know, last week we had some hiccups with me and then obviously with Earl and the weather over there. Um, you know, we nice to just not have to worry about it and just be able to go about our lives and, and – uh, and do that for a week. So that's probably the plan. If, if anything happens between now and then that we feel like we need to hop on or, or maybe we hop on and do just a, a sports cast. Um, uh, what was the sports one? What was the other one supposed to be called? Seth? Uh, Sunday Moss. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we do that. Um, you know, we got, we, we talked about the men's national team a little bit. Uh, he, he asked a question about the women's national team, but we didn't get to it, uh, cause we could be here for a while. And, and don't want to do that. So, so maybe we do something like that. Maybe we don't. Uh, we'll just have to see see how everybody's feeling next week. But um, Tuesdays nine thirty uh, here on YouTube, and then the podcast comes out uh, usually Thursday, uh, maybe Friday, depending on Seth's schedule. And and um, yeah, well, hopefully we'll have all three of us here next time. Uh, maybe a special guest. I know, I know, uh, I know, a Paso friend of ours wants to. Uh, wants to come on and it does look like this is our is this our last El Paso match? Yes it is. Oh dang. That'll be nice. I hate them. Um <laughs> but you know we got we got a, we got some other other teams coming up that we wouldn't mind trying to get somebody on or something like that. So so if you if you can get up early ish and listen to to Seth on on Josh Carrillo's uh, thing he's got going on there. I can't the morning mix. Morning yes, mix. the morning mix. Um, and uh, other than that, guys, we'll be back uh, in, in probably a couple weeks to talk about the El Paso match and and hopefully three important points that we can pick up there. Uh, so for me and Seth and, and Earl, who obviously isn't here, uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Adam Montoya, being in the chat and and dropping some some good comments in there. And and we will we will catch you guys. Here in a bit. All right. So we'll see you guys. 
You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity. All right. Good. Good to see everybody. All right, folks. Peter Travisani, president, owner, CEO of New Mexico United, obviously announced today City of Albuquerque planning to put um, a measure before City Council at the first meeting uh, second uh, for a stadium bond in November. So I'm going to go ahead and let you ask some questions. Pete. Great. Who's the brave one? <laughs> oh boy, I, um, you know, in terms of that, you know, isolating that, it's hard like right after a game like that because uh, you get so caught up in it. But I think it's, I, I just feel so grateful that we're here. You know, we've, it didn't just happen overnight. We worked really hard. When I say we, not United or the city or the state, just we as a, every, everybody in our big community came together and said yes way before we started kicking a ball. and. And then, you know, in some ways I feel like we're at the top of Mount Everest now, but we still got to get down the, the mountain, you know, we're, we're not done yet. So, so it was a great step. Great to see the mayor's leadership on, on the bond and city council. That's what we need. Strong leaders that want to be bold. And I think we're going to change downtown Albuquerque forever and New Mexico forever. And it's going to feel really great. Any specific side of the four that you would prefer? <laughs> The one that's up the fastest. I, um, <clears throat> you know, I think we've always talked about, um, you know, New Mexico United as a soccer you know, entity will be, a, you know, a te- a, you know, we'll lease the stadium, we'll be a tenant, but the stadium represents so much more than that. And so for me, it's like, we're going to have the biggest impact. Where can it be a positive impact in a community and be a catalyst for change and, and, and show so much more than just, you know, brick and mortar and I, th- I think some of the downtown locations those two preferred sites really do that and really could help activate the rail yards while they're not squarely in they're adjacent to and they can really be the kind of you know anchor tenant that can activate that whole area and so much more will build on top of that that will be way outside of the stadium in united so i think e- if either one of those two really work and just for me, I think right now, just making sure we're in touch with those communities and because it will impact people's lives, I think by and large as a positive, but for some people, maybe not so much. If you have a house right there, like you're a person and what does that mean for you? So we got to talk to everybody and, and do the best we can to make it, um, you know, we don't want to do any harm. So we just got to make sure we, we do the right thing by everybody. Uh, it seems like not too long ago, me and Troy were up here announcing Troy is the first head coach <laughs> in New Mexico history. Now you're sitting up here talking about actual plans to move forward with the stadium. Yeah. When you reflect back on that, how does that make you feel? I mean, I think it just feels incredible. I I, uh, I should have done this when I was a lot younger, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, but I, I think the thing that's been maybe a real advantage for me is I'm not a soccer you know, pro. Uh, I'm not a sports owner pro. I, I don't know any better. You know, I'm kind of like a toddler that's just like, oh, I can walk across the floor. And when I trip and, you know, get a bloody nose, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that could happen. So then I pick myself up and keep going. So it's been really nice that way. So I just, all I think about is like, how do we just kind of go forward? What's the next step? What's the next step? And I don't get caught up in, in the whole journey. So you're right. What a big day when we announced Troy the same. What a great leader. You know, what he does is so much of what he does 
is not only represented on the field, but he does so much off the field, as you know. And, and we're so lucky to have him here. And, uh, and I think right now it's the same thing. We're, we're going to get go down the road of a stadium. will be lots of bumps in the road. But, you know, we're going to trip, get a bloody nose, get up, get back up, brush off our elbows and knees and keep walking. And that's, that's how we're going to do it till we forever, really. Kind of going back to what you're saying about like really like engaging the communities. I mean, have you guys already kind of thought about some ways that you're going to get to the ground level to really just engage the folks that are in those surrounding communities? We've yeah, it's a great question, and we've been we've been in those in the communities. You know, I think I think deep down, I always believed that we could build a stadium in the downtown area, and so going into Borales, going into South Broadway, going to South Valley. Um, going in anyways, not going in because, hey, maybe we want to build a stadium, but going in and meeting people because that's what we do always and having, whether it's a soccer clinic or an art project or just sitting down and, and talking to people, you know, what, you know, what can United do to, to help your mission? We have so many people working so hard, not for a lot of money, not for a lot of recognition, but because they believe in it and we want to, United wants to help you a little bit of wind in their sails. And so we're constantly having those conversations. And I will say from the conversations I've had, it's been primarily positive. And I think the big things that people might be worried about are the same things that are, we'd all be worried about. What's the traffic gonna be like? What's the parking gonna be like? What's it gonna look like? You know, and I think we can solve those problems, um, but we have to be diligent and thoughtful and not just speed through it, but you know, think about all those things. And I think we can make it great for everybody. Kind of follow up to that is <clears throat> are there thoughts about equity as far as maybe folks who can't get to games that are in those areas because they don't have transportation or like maybe like ways to kind of extend out to the community kind of still so they can still get that experience but they just you know they don't have certain things that get them there of course you know in new mexico united's for everybody you know we want to make sure while we we certainly have we have the suites that are all around here and you can get a great cocktail some people can't afford a ticket so we have community corner um, we need to figure out how to get people here. If we need to have some free Uber rides, we'll do that, or, or community vehicles. Like, we're gonna, can we get everybody to every game? No, but we can get some people to every game. And over time, I think we can get everybody to every game. So we'll just be creative and solve those problems too, because this, it has to be for everybody. It has to be for everybody. And otherwise, we haven't really done anything at all. Thinking of the idea of having like a shopping mall and stuff that you know everybody can benefit from throughout the year, not just during. The season. Uh, yeah, no, of course. You know, I, I look at it. You know, it can't be a stadium where we turn the lights on twenty times a year and then it then it and it's just dark. You know, so we. I, I love the concept of just having. You know, why are the doors locked? They, you know, maybe, you know, at nighttime, of course, but it, the stadium should be open every day. So instead of going down to the mall, you should walk around the stadium. Like, that's a no brainer. We have, there'll be a beautiful grass field and sun coming in. Why can't we have a, a cup of coffee and sit in the seats and look out on that like we're in Central Park? And, and I think if we have the right activations on the skin on the outside of the stadium, those could not just be, you know, team stores or you know bars microbreweries it can also be art installations you know it could be a a, a collaboration with meow wolf for a sm smaller space it could be temporary art installations uh, we could have things on the outside that encourages families to come every day immersive experiences you know great you know playgrounds that are you know i don't know what they're going to look like they're going to look crazy um i'll let you know we'll get there but the point is is 
don't we want to have families walking around downtown on weekends and feeling safe and feeling like it's something that they want to do like when they go we see them go to the zoo we see families go to parks let's get families downtown and feeling like it's a place that they have to go and that could be um a a, a point every single day going into the farmer's market at the at the rail yards over to the over to the stadium for some kind of interactivity and then and then maybe to dinner or lunch at one of the local restaurants or bars what a great day that could be and that could be in january or february it doesn't have to be on a united day one of the major concerns that tends to pop up whenever there is a sports stadium being built is the use of public funding versus private funding what are your thoughts on that in terms of what was the clause in the city seeking and just a second ago you mentioned uh, that you made grass field does that does that mean turf is completely off the table <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean i i mean i don't know i've always thought about grass uh i don't Turf doesn't quite feel right. Uh, I think we like to go for grass, so um, I I can't wait to be involved in some of those decisions down the down the line. Um, you know, I think the city is, you know, we're, we're we're always trying to improve quality of life, and and I think whether you're in the private sector or public sector, we're always trying to make things better. That should be our mission. Um, it shouldn't just be profits and losses. And, and so I think in this case, you know, where, the, where we have the public sector coming together and building a public project that's for the people of New Mexico. Uh, uh, and then we have the private sector rallying around that to activate it, to ensure that it's successful, to make sure the bonds are paid back. You know, that money gets paid back. Just like the bonds on the stadium that we're in right now, they got paid back. And they got paid back early and we want to pay them back even earlier so we can encourage other great projects like that so so you know that's to the extent that we're uh, operating the stadium you know we're going to make sure that it's it's successful and that this project's something that we're all proud of uh, otherwise um, again um, this has to be a catalyst and and i think that when you look at the stadium i do believe you know look right now downtown's boarded up and i commend every business that's reopened and I and my heart goes out to every business that hasn't reopened yet because they haven't been able to open up and their downtown's hurting. Uh, Albuquerque's still hurting in so many ways. So let's let's show that we care and let's let's build a bridge of hope. And I feel like this is just one thing is that the rail trail meeting. That's a great project, a three mile art immersive art trail that will completely change how people interact with the downtown area uh, by foot, by bike. And that's a big part of it. Just like Art Walk on Friday night is amazing. I love going to Art Walk, the energy, the enthusiasm. Um, these things all kind of come together and make a monumental change. So I think this will be a cornerstone tenant, but just one of the things. And kind of piggyback off of what you were just saying about the energy around like art and of course the theme being art and sport. Um, can you kind of like clue us in a little bit into some of how the conversations happen in the office as far as the dream state about how everything's coming together because you can really see the imagination that is flowing by all the different possibilities that you've casted out to us so like what what are what is some of the actual in office meetings look like how does you know, how do things actually go come to one just come on in um you know i would say uh one I, i'm so like i think thankful that our community broadly speaking has really embraced the team because um, art and sport, it's easy to say, but they don't always go together. And so many artists have really um, said, hey, I'll give it a shot. And they've really contributed so much positive energy to what's going on here. And I'm really glad that when I walk on the, around the concourse, I see those artists. And, and they're just coming to a game because they love it now. Uh, and so we want to think about always just be creative and, and not 
not pigeonhole ourselves. So the first thing we do is we just throw crazy ideas. You've probably heard some, like zip lining down to your tree fort suite, right? Can, you know, how do we do that? You know, why can't we do that? You know, how do we, maybe we have some low rider that's bouncing up and down when you score a goal and, and, and you know, and it, and it has a crazy horn. Like, let's do some things that are super fun that, that express who we are collectively as, as a city, as a state, that really show ourselves off. Uh, we can do the fireworks and other things too, but we can do things that are authentic to, to ourselves. We have money that we have to think about. We're not on an unlimited budget and some of the stuff may have to be legged into, but let's create a space that's flexible that we can be creative with. And, and then let's go to the community for ideas. We're just a few people at United. We have 2.1 million people in the state. Let's hear every single idea and come up with something amazing. Feasibility study, you compared a lot of different stadiums in similar markets. Uh, when you said you wanted it to be unique, are you taking ideas from those other stadiums or do you kind of want to make something that's only New Mexican? I think for me, I just want something that we're proud of. You know, I mean, I think we're proud. I know we're proud of Isotopes Park, right? I think, you know, I've been to a lot of minor league baseball parks and this one's one of the best in the country. Um, and it looks great. It's 20 years old and it looks amazing. And they've done a great job with that. And I think people are really proud to come here. We need the same thing. We want to be proud. Um, are, are our seats going to look like the seats in another place? You know, probably. Um, maybe there are, maybe one's a portal. Let me know if, if you find it, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know where it's going to take you. <laughs> but um, I think we just have to just, you know, we just, it's, it's going to be more about imagination. You know, it's going to be up to us to how we're going to see it a little bit differently. And if we want to just see it like a stadium, we can. But if we want to see it as something, you know, magical and different, we can do that too. So I, I'm looking forward to, the, to, to working with artists and, and trying to add that element into the, into the stadium while being practical and understanding some of the constraints we're, we're going to have. So um, I just want to make sure when we walk out every game, like, no matter what the score was of the game, that we were proud that we were there and we could bring friends and say, look at our stadium. Look what we've done in New Mexico. Um, and people be like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I wish we had that in our city, you know, in our country. You know, that's what we want to have. Time for one more, guys. The idea, creativity, you said. <laughs> Women's team with this professional, still with this soccer-specific stadium. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that and the likelihood of USLW possibly playing? Yeah, I mean, I feel we have to keep growing, you know, and New Mexico United was never really just about soccer and certainly not just a men's soccer team. I think you've seen it with our academy and uh, and I think a women's team fits in and, you know, we need a place to play. You know, uh, again, the ice, this is this is this is the lab. It's Isotopes uh, Park and there's a baseball team here 70 plus days a year playing baseball. And we, we appreciate that we could squeeze our games in. So we don't have the ability to program here. Um, I think with a, a clean slate, we definitely can bring in a team, whether it's through the USL or the NWSL, or you know, we're, we'll, we'll see when we get there. I, we're having conversations now with different leagues because we need to do that. And, uh, and we wanna create some of that economic stimulus like that you were bringing up before, where you know, how, do we, how do we drive revenue and, and, and positive outcomes? And so I'd love to bring a women's team and, and other things here too, beyond sport.